up, guys? This is your favorite football podcast, the Football Academy. And here we are, Will Webb, Sapoon, and joined by our friend all the way from London, Shaurya Modi. You want to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, guys. Uh, my name is Shaurya Modi. Uh, I live in London. Uh, I actively go to Premier League games. I'm a massive Chelsea supporter. So, yeah, here to talk about the game on re- uh, which happened two days ago. Yeah. My man's probably depressed as fuck after what happened on Sunday, but... Understandable. <laughs> so here we are. What a wild, wild week of football to start off the Premier League season. Uh, I know that's you saying that is obviously coming from a happy standpoint. I'm happy that we won, but I'm a little sad that we're out of keeper. Uh, I think the best part of the weekend for me, aside from like the result, was just getting to see what the other team was going to look like. Um, I know I was really excited to watch all the talent that I've seen play over here in America, you get a chance to play out there and actually start a season. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't end so well for for the other end of the phone call, but uh, it was nice to see some people I saw. I got to see live play in the Premier League with the big boys and uh, not fall completely on their faces. I know that was great to not see them fail spectacularly. Fail a little bit, but, you know, in moderation. Yeah, what did you think, Shara, about the whole weekend? Uh, yeah, I, I was looking forward to seeing uh, Nicolas Pepe play for Arsenal, to be fair, but uh, didn't really get much of game time. He didn't start, uh, which I was a bit disappointed. But yeah, um, obviously Christian Pulisic, uh, we signed him. Uh, look, was looking forward to seeing him start. Well, I'm, I'm actually glad that uh, Frank eased him in, not brought him on straight away. I expect him to start tomorrow. So yeah, looking forward to that. And then obviously Man City and Liverpool carrying on from where they left off last season. Uh, not surprised to see that, to be fair. And yeah, and Don Belly for Tottenham looks pretty good. Solid signing for them. Yeah, that will make highlights, yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> you put us in there. We're going to start off with the first game that happened over the weekend. Liverpool-Norwich, very, very interesting game, to be honest. Um, Norwich seemed like they had a particular idea of what they were trying to do. And it was... Working, but it was also like you're not gonna play out the back against a team like Liverpool. And other than an Allison injury, I think it was pretty routine for Liverpool. It felt like a routine game. I, I know I harped on it last pod, but I'm gonna harp on it again here. Origi is the reason we got that first goal, even though it was an own goal. And to see him out there starting, that just at this point now is giving me hope about the depth of the squad because we don't have to rely on like. Like I said before, we have a front four, maybe even like a front five, if you want to count Shaq in there. Still don't know what's proven yet, but it feels like we have a team that's good going forward. And Adrian didn't look so bad in goal. I'm not as worried as I should be, but I'm still completely terrified that Allison's going to be out for until the cows come home at this point. <laughs> I mean, a question for both of you, and I'll come to Sharia first because you're kind of more of a neutral than I would be in this situation. <laughs> I was watching it with a Norwich fan, so I was more of a Norwich fan on the day. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I did like the fact that Norwich, coming up from the championship from the year before, like they didn't change their game plan. Like yes. their defending was kind of iffy, but it was still. You saw what they were trying to do, and yeah, well, yes. yeah, I've heard I've heard of Daniel Fark's philosophy of obviously from the from my mate who I was watching the game with. Yeah. And yeah, he likes to play out from the back. He likes to obviously split the full, split the defense, split the center backs out wide and put the full backs up. 
But then again, you're playing at Anfield against the European champions on the first day. I can I admire it, but at the same time, if it was the 37th game of the season and Norwich were uh, going to Anfield looking for a draw to stay up, I don't think he would have played that way. So then again, just trying out the philosophy, uh, see how the players adapt to the Premier League. And I think they actually played well. 4-1, OK, scoreline's a bit harsh, but there are some good ideas. And I generally don't think there'll be three worst teams at Norwich this season. No, I think they had some good chances, to be fair. Like, 0-0, yeah. 1-0, they still had some chances. So. I think he's got a bit of class that we're going to see this season. I think he's, after watching them a little bit in the championship last year, like, guys got a, guys got a nose for goal. And I think that, like you just said, I don't think there's three worse teams than them right now. Of course, it's only yeah. one game. So, you know, we could all be worse than them at the end of the day. But still. <laughs> um, so, I guess... There's nothing really much to add. I I do wonder how they're going to change up their team going forward because I thought they were going to add a little bit of depth to their front line, but they didn't, So which was interesting. But I guess they do have some of the kids coming up. So yeah. business as usual for Liverpool. And it was kind of business as usual, but West Ham looked horrible in that game, to be honest, when Man City just absolutely smacked them around for five goals. I, you can't... <laughs> Uh, again, it's it's Pep doing Pep. It's the we knew what to expect from City. We also knew what to expect from Liverpool. But I think there was the first like three minutes of any City game are like, oh my gosh, this team's going out and they're going to try to punch him in the nose and it's going to be great. And then the next, you know, I can't do math now. Eighty-seven minutes is just like, oh, City's going to put off a masterclass. Sterling goes in for a hat trick. Uh, he looks on form already. Uh, it's again. I can't stress enough that like I want to believe that Liverpool are the class of the league, but it's City over and over again. And the fact that they can still go out and buy people now after what happened today makes it even worse somehow. <laughs> well, as, yeah. as a Chelsea fan, after having yeah. handed a ban for the same. Yeah, it's just have you? If the reason they're saying is that because they accepted that they've breached rules, that's why they find them. And what we did was we said we did not do it. And that's why we're like, oh, there you go. Well, you're not accepting what we're saying. So, yeah, you're banned, which is very, very unfair in my opinion. But then again, uh, Man City weekend, Mourinho came out and said that, yeah, they they have a second team that could probably win the league, which is so true. Like, you could see the players, which are not even on the bench, like Leroy Sane is injured, Fuentino is injured. And you still look at the bench strength with Aguero, uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, I don't even know, like, yeah, <laughs> Phil Foden, yeah, all these players, they, they can still change games, and it's scary to see, like, how this far this team can go. Uh, still not won a Champions League, surprisingly, maybe this is their year. If, that, if they start focusing on Europe, maybe that could help Liverpool, you know, just edge them if we, by the end of the season. But yeah, at, at the moment, they look, they're going to fly. They, they're just going to keep destroying teams. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day while playing FIFA, and it was it was kind of something that I've always said that it's hard to beat a team when they are basically funded by a country's GDP. <laughs> and it's, if if they realistically just go for it in the Champions League, I I do think they are gonna set the standard. Let's hope it doesn't happen, and let's hope that they do. Uh, they win the league, so Liverpool doesn't. But yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> know so we can win the league, so I can find the show. That's all I want. <laughs> so I mean, again, like Man City, their new signing Rodri played very good, in my opinion. 
like very impressive. Solid performance. So, um, I guess after that, the Palace Everton game was quite. It was quite interesting to see, to be honest, because I expected a lot more from Everton, but you know their signing came in late, and Moise can, so he's going to take a little bit of time to adjust. Palace, I don't know what's going on with Zaha. Like you, I still am trying to figure out if he's going to stay or if he's going to go somewhere else in Europe. A nil-nil draw. The red card for I think was it Schneiderlin who got the red card. Yeah, yeah, it's more with Schneiderlin got two yellows. Yeah. So it's it's I guess same old Everton to be honest. You always have hope when they go big, but we'll see. It's just one game, but Palace away is again a tough, tough fixture to go. To I was actually expecting a few goals in this game. To be fair, I had I was actually expecting a few like over two, uh, three or four goals. When I saw the result nil-nil, it's pretty shocking because both teams are pretty good going forward at the moment. And not so good at the back, but then again, first game of the season, still getting used to like the game plan and tactics. So maybe that's the reason why. And also the Zaha situation didn't help Palace. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's. I, I honestly, if any of you have anything else to add, I watched the game. I don't really like. It was the first game of the season, and it looked like it, it was one of the yeah. one a couple of those games that happened this week. Kind of looked like that everybody else was still in preseason mode. So, we can get back to which other teams were there like that later. But the second game, or the third game rather, on Saturday, uh, Burnley-Southampton. I do think this could be a year Southampton looks in trouble to getting relegated. I don't think there's there's not much strength in that team right now. Uh, as much as I want to say Burnley looked good going forward, it felt more like Southampton looking kind of dreadful, honestly. Uh not saying Burley doesn't have their class in the day, but like I don't, like you just said, I don't foresee Southampton staying too long. We were just talking about there doesn't look three worst teams in Norwich. There looks one worst team right now, and it looks like Southampton. And I don't, I don't foresee much anything from them. They may make a signing in the winter to try to save something. At this rate, it like, it, we'll get into this later with way too early things. But right now, it looks like I, I have no. I have no faith for them. I feel bad. Like, y'all say he's dope, but like, well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much your feeder team. So, yeah, you guys have finally, yeah. uh, it's caught up to them. That Liverpool too. Is what I like to <laughs> so, I mean, any additional notes that you have? Because I, I really was disappointed in how Southampton played. I mean, Burnley away is always hard. Turf Moor is not an easy place to go. And especially last season, they struggled because they had Europe. So, they yeah, start their season back in June, I think which kind of like had a toll on the squad later on the season, but now they started fresh. Sean Dyke, for me, is a very, very good manager, like has his ideas. Obviously, he's not like an attractive guy, attractive football. His style of play is not that attractive, but does the job well. They're still in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably where they finished top half last season, not the season before. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Burnley at home, strong, strong as usual. Yeah, I mean, Turf Moor is, like, as a United fan, I'll tell you, it's been very hard for us. So Can't say anything other than what you said about that. It's like, a... I mean, granted, I do think that I, I'm very interested to see the what Sean Dice does because he plays that old English, like, hard knocks football that yeah. I want to see, like, how long is that sustainable in the Premier League because you're seeing championship teams like Norwich who came up and kind of, like, at Anfield, they were not afraid to like just pass the ball around and go for it. So I want to see when it's like Burnley Norwich game what happens. 
later on in the season. But bringing a bringing that on with the next game that happened, kind of Watford kind of got just shut down by Brighton, and yep. like I was not expecting that from Brighton, but I had heard that a lot of people do think Brighton's going to be a decent shot to finish in the top what, half. What do you guys ex- like? I know we didn't get into the much in the last one, but what do you guys expect from Brighton? Because again, that scoreline shows me like a oh, is this a, a? I guess coming from my standpoint, is this something that I should make appointment doing? Like, oh, am I ready to go like watch Brighton and see how these boys do, or is it something that's just like oh, Brighton won the first game of the season, they'll fall apart soon? What do you think? I mean, well, Bright- Brighton have that new manager Graham Porter. Yeah, I mean the guy yes. who was at Ostersunds, and then I think he was at one of the. I don't know where he was, but obviously he's been very well talked about over the last uh, few seasons, especially here in England, because obviously he's English and like it's yeah. very strange for an English manager to go ma- uh, manage in the Swedish league. So yeah, he's been well covered and all I've heard are positive things about him. Very, very, was very interested to see how he would have done when I first thought that he was, when I first saw that he's coming to Brighton. But genuinely, except that I really don't know like what to expect from them. Maybe I didn't watch the game, so maybe it could have been the case of Watford being like utterly poor and Brighton just taking advantage of it. So, I mean, well, I'm surprised Watford let in three goals. They were so strong last season under Javi Garcia. I expected good things out of them. Maybe one of the teams that could have broken the top six, but uh, looking like that's my, that, not, that might not happen this season. I mean, you, you bring up a good point that you see these teams that come close to breaking the top six, and much like how you explained about Burnley last season, like playing in Europa League, like even teams like United, Chelsea, Arsenal struggle. It's an and, hindrance. Yes, yeah, and the, and these teams have a bigger hindrance because they normally have eleven very good players, and then it, quality just drops off. So I mean, it's it. I, I do I do wonder what's going to happen with Watford because Vicarage Road, you don't really lose as bad as they did. But again, like, first game, Brighton with their new manager. So, that's good. Like, I guess, good luck to Brighton this season. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. And that kind of takes us to the last team. Oh, actually, in the second last team that came up. Um, Bournemouth Sheffield. Everybody had Sheffield as a worst team in the league. Uh-huh. And they went to one of the tougher places to go get a win. Or go get a draw, rather. Yeah, highly entertaining game, too. Like, it was... It, it was one of the games that I went into this weekend being like, I have no interest in seeing this. I have no interest in watching this. But because I'm, because I have obligated myself to covering the EPL like this, I'm going to. And I came out. I mean, Bournemouth. That I, Bournemouth is a team I don't follow. Bournemouth is a team I could tell you nothing about. But they, they went out there and kind of. I, I hate to phrase it like this because it sounds really like crass but they kind of like laid the dick down like they played like they actually wanted to like they were threatened last year they played like they were like all right we belong merely we're gonna go and like put our foot down and Sheffield United came out and kind of did the same it's weird to see two teams who I have pegged for relegation come out and slap each other in the face and both of them look better for it I I genuinely don't think Bournemouth's gonna get relegated I think I think Eddie Eddie Howe belongs in that class of like yeah managers who are very good does he does the team belong or does he belong I think he has done a very good job in general with the team, like getting Nathan Ake from Chelsea. Yeah. Like I, I think like we can get into this later. Mm-hmm. I think Chelsea probably would have rather had Nathan Ake out there instead of Kurt Zuma on Sunday. So <laughs> yeah. we'll not argue with that. So you know, it's and they got your boy Harry Wilson, 
So I will we'll bang in a couple for him at least. Yeah. So I I do think Bournemouth's decent. I think Sheffield kind of kept their core together from last year. They got Dino back, who's kind of their linchpin mm-hmm. in, in their defense. So I, it'll be interesting. But I I again do see like Sheffield might struggle. But I do again I don't know much from the first game because I didn't see them enough last year to pretty much say anything. Yeah, adding adding on to that like um. Uh, from what I've heard about Sheffield United, that they play a very similar style to Norwich, apparently. Yeah. So they like playing out from the back. Uh, like to keep possession, like to keep the ball on the floor, uh, which is which is again very admiring. Bournemouth play the same style of football exactly. Yeah. That's what we've seen Bournemouth for the last two three seasons. So I don't know. I didn't see the game. I was I'm assuming it was a pretty open game, one one. Uh, both Sheffield United getting a last minute uh, equaliser. Billy Sharp uh, with their club. He's like a boyhood hero, like. In Sheffield United, apparently. So, yeah, that's a good result for them. Away to Bournemouth, first game of the season. It yeah. was, it was as, <laughs> it was on NBC in the morning, so I just kind of watched. But it was actually a very, very entertaining game. Uh, like you said, Billy Sharp, the like the boyhood legend. Uh, I will say just from watching it with the wife, she really enjoyed that. She was just like, "Oh, that's good for him." And yeah. I, I could have cared less, but it wasn't. A nice story, and like I said, they it was a fairly open, kind of entertaining game. So these teams might be the just to speak to the fans out there who kind of are just picking this up. These might be teams who you want to watch play later on if you're still trying to figure out what the hell's going on in the league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the last game on Saturday, that was a cracker to be honest. Tottenham Hotspurs and in their new stadium with Aston Villa, like Villa looked the part. Kind of until Christian Eriksen came in and he completely changed the game, in my opinion. Some good looks for uh, someone who was highly rated by someone who you love, Sir Alex Ferguson. Uh, again, yeah, he looked not a world beater, but guy has a lot of pace on him. Like I, I've only followed Villa ever so much in the championship, but he's a dude. He's got some wheels. Uh, he missed an opportunity early in the match that was. Guilt edge, like he should have scored that. Uh, and Mings in the back looks kind of stout as well. Like Villa looked solidly okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think there might be a couple of players from Aston Villa who might end up in a different team if they all stay up this year because they they did look the part. <laughs> Jack Grealish. <laughs> I mean, Jack Grealish kind of gave away. He, He's lost what thirteen or fourteen straight Premier League games so far. So like, yeah. it's it, it's kind of like the opposite stat of what Zinchenko has for uh, City. Yeah. He's never lost or drawn. He's never even, yeah, he's, he's got a hundred percent win record. Yeah, but I mean, and on Bellet, though, very impressive. Yeah, I was very. I was looking forward to playing, watching him play because I've seen a lot of him over the last few months at Leon, and he can he can do everything. He's a proper midfielder. Literally, he's got. Pace, power, he can pass the ball. He's got a bit of flair to him as well. Very, very, a lot of potential. And yeah, as much as that, I've been, I've been telling people like Spurs this season, they could talk, challenge the top two because there were a few lapses last season. All their players came back from, most of the players came back pretty late from the World Cup because yeah. they had a lot of English and Belgian clubs. Hugo Lloris obviously went on to win the World Cup. Secondly, they, always, they, didn't, they didn't sign anyone. So by the time the season faded, the squad kind of like uh, lost uh, lost out in fatigue. But this season they've signed some really good players. Harry Kane looks sharp from from the minute go. 
So I could actually see Spurs getting much closer to the top two, as much as That's I hate true. to say it. I mean, to, but, add, to add to that, to be honest, um, I think Tottenham, last year, there were times when like they were within five points, within f- six points, I think, at times. And whenever that opportunity came that like City drew a game and yeah. Liverpool drew a game, yeah. they would just go on to lose. Yeah. And we're yeah. never able to capitalize. And like we can put it down to it being Spursy as much as we want. But I do think Pochettino is building something special out there, which y- you never know what could happen. Like I, As you said, I, I do think they are the team outside of the top two who can contend. And I think Liverpool's front line, I think there are a couple of injuries here and there could really derail them. I think City, even last year, with no injuries, they had those, the stretch of five games where they lost two or three. Mm-hmm. So, if Tottenham can stay consistent and they do have a decent team. Yes, they have a depth, they have depth as well now, which we always criticise them for. So, even yeah. a couple of injuries, even there, they can bring in players who would make a difference. Yeah, and I mean, so. I, I do think they have one of the best players in the Premier League, not just in Harry Kane, but also in Human Song. Because I think, yeah. he, I, I'm surprised no one's He's gone him. By, yeah. by all means. Like, like Madrid, United. I think anyone who needs a winger should be all off, all up on him. So we'll see. I mean, I I do think they did not look particularly good without Ericsson, in my opinion. And if they if Ericsson leaves, Ericsson doesn't want to play. Like I think that could get very interesting and could derail Spurs. But Pochettino, if anything he's shown us, he's a very good man manager. And they did it without Harry Kane to get to the Champions League final last year. So. Yeah. Much more fluid, I think, without Kane. And if Kane's in this kind of form to begin the season. I was just going to say, to add on to what you guys said from watching that match, Harry Kane looks a completely different animal coming out of the gate this year than he did last year. Obviously, like you said, he like he was at the World Cup. He was there for a nice long time. He was tired, essentially. He's got his full rest. He looks to be in the mood to score. I can't get into it because it's the next segment. Dang it. <laughs> Never mind. I, I finished my sentence over. <laughs> so, um, going into one of two games that were actually very disappointing on Sunday, um, Leicester Wolves, I expected a lot more. Yeah, me and too. It, the game kind of just like flattened out, in my opinion. But again, I do think Wolves just played in the Europa League and they might, like, I think they're playing on Thursday before they play us on Monday. So, I do think we'll see what, as we talked about with Burnley last year, like if the Europa League takes a toll on them. But I do think there should have been more with the kind of players that were on the pitch that day. I, I'll i say to Wolves, just watching that performance, and you talk about the game, you know, the, my worry is, what's the depth on the bench? Like, what are you going to do? Because they're going to be playing games in and out, in and out, in and out. I was hoping that Wolves would provide me with, like, the basis to go, this is a team who's going to make the next step up, and they're going to be... I'm not going to say challenging titles, but they'll be challenging tanking these space spots. And in this game, I just didn't see that from them. I didn't see that much from Leicester either. They kind of, like, legitimately both teams look bored with each yeah. other. And uh, it just kind of felt – it felt very flat. I wanted this game to be something I could, like, scream and yell about, oh, my God, these teams who I love so much. Nah, bro, it's just flat as a pancake. Like, terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, again, two teams who I think have a chance of breaking the top six. I mean, I have, I have Everton, Wolves, Leicester and Watford and West Ham on an outside chance. And none of them scored a goal this year, this week. So, I mean, uh, with, that means the top six are going to say the top six, fortunately for me, because 
I think we're going to be the ones who drop out. But at the same time, yeah, uh, Wolves played in in Europe on Thursday. That might have that, that might taken might have taken a toll. I expect more from Leicester this season, though, under Brendan Rodgers. I expect them to be playing some really good football, some really eye-catching football with Madison. They've signed Tillemans as well on um, on a permanent basis. Ayose yeah, Perez from Newcastle. Well. Yeah. Wilfred Ndidi, yeah. Ayose Perez from Newcastle, who's a very good player. He's established himself as a good Premier League player. So, yeah, of course, they lost Harry Maguire, but they have this Turkish guy who I saw had a really good game. Yeah. That's, and, yeah, he, he was actually one of the top centre-backs uh, of the week in the, in the whole league. So I do expect good things from Leicester. Maybe again a slow start, but we play them on Sunday, and I don't really have a good feeling about it. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think first game at the Bridge, you should be fine. But going on to the penultimate game of the weekend, Newcastle Arsenal, that honestly just felt like a preseason game to me. Like, <laughs> I, I really questioned why I was up at nine a.m. on a Sunday watching that game because Arsenal didn't look sharp. And Newcastle looked somewhat decent with Bruce out there. And it was, I, I honestly, I was telling Woe before we started recording where it's like, I after that game, I was just... Am I crazy? Yeah, like, <laughs> am I crazy to think like the Newcastle are good? But like, was Newcastle good because Arsenal didn't look good or vice versa? Like, Did, I mean, from, from watching that, like, Arsenal looked average at best. Newcastle looked like they could go for it, but they just... They don't know how to finish yet. Like, I don't think they have... No one had on their finishing boots. They kind of look like they wanted to go forward, and I'm going to harp on Miggy because he actually looked like he was sprightly out there. Uh, I think he wanted to get... He has no control of himself when he first starts playing for a team, and it also looked like the rest of the team kind of followed him. It was like, I don't know what to do once I get like out in the open space, or like once I find the lane, I get into it, and the ball goes under my feet. Uh, Arsenal looked, you know, like a team who plays football. Like they scored, they looked like the, they looked like the better side because the class of Arsenal and the, you know, that's why they look better. Like you said, I was up in the morning, just like, am I dumb? Is Newcastle been good this whole time? Am I just like, <laughs> have I missed the boat? Should I like, are all my friends buying Niggy jerseys because they only saw him play in the bins? Are they right? Are they dumb? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I do think you'd be a good person to answer this, Shorter. For us, as living in Atlanta, seeing Miguel Amaron grow over the last two years in the MLS, him going to the Premier League was kind of like great for us. A very, like, a very big deal, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I do watching it on TV. I, it did seem like he's a decent, decent player with his pace. Nah, I was, I was literally when if when it came around to me, I was going to say there were two players I was looking forward to seeing. Obviously, I mentioned Nicholas Pepe earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. but it was also Miguel Amaron who I was looking forward to see. He's actually in my fantasy team. And okay, <laughs> yes. uh, I would I would say it's more down to what you gave you, on your opinion on him because you're actually pretty hyped up about him and you asked me to have uh, to watch him carefully when he came uh, when he came over here and yeah I have done and he's actually pretty impressive. I just think he lacks he lacks like similar footballing brains at Newcastle because he's one of those players who's very intricate. He likes those one twos, give and goes, uh, and like quick passing near the box. But I don't think Newcastle has anyone who could, like, do the same kind of things he wants them to do. Because technically, he's probably the best player. That's yes, why I think. Yes. Ex- except John Joe Shelby, who's a different kind of uh, technical player. He plays more deeper. But, like, going forward and making things happen, Almiron is actually, uh, I would say, probably the best player in terms of, like, uh, skill-wise. So, yeah, uh, you were completely right about him, so far at least. Yes. Uh, we'll see because he's only been here since January. 
Yeah. So like, yeah, we'll we'll it looks looks good though. Looks good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the only thing I'll have to add to that is um, I want to see how their new players do because I it did seem like um, their two new signings kind of wanted to play the way Miggy wanted to play. So if they can get a couple of these passes swinging together, is that, is that, is that what you guys call him, Miggy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 again, like I will say, that was a great pass from I think it was Maitland Niles who scored. Yeah, very good assist. assist. Very yeah. good assist and a brilliant finish, to be honest. Very. The first touch I mean, was typical striker's touch, in my opinion. What a that set him up perfectly. Yeah, I mean, Aubameyang's been a quite the player for Arsenal over the last I think what's eighteen months that yeah. he's been there. So, um, all right, here it is, the big game. Um, you guys, Man United, Chelsea. <laughs> I, I think nobody expected a result. I don't think Chelsea expected a result like this. I don't think United fans expected a result like this. 4-0, I, I will agree it's not quite the reflection of what happened in the game. But what what do you say as a Chelsea fan after watching that game? Yeah, we spoke about it, didn't we? I, I mean, 4-0, fair enough. We let, let, let go of four goals. Uh, obviously, when you look back at it, it's not really an ideal thing. It's losing 4-0 anytime, anywhere. Yeah. For a club like Chelsea, it should not be accepted. But at the same time, uh, if you look at the bigger picture, it's not all doom and gloom. There's no point being overreaction uh, about it. There's no point like sulking about it about the transfer ban because I actually saw some good, uh, good. I actually saw some really good stuff in the first half. We we were pretty unlucky, if I'm being honest, to go in behind uh, one 0 because we hit the post twice. There was a couple of good saves made by the hair. Uh, a couple of half chances we created where we should have done better. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, there were some good ideas by Frank. The I, the fundamentals and uh, the philosophy is there. It's just taking time to be. Uh, it's going to take time to be implemented. All the young players to come in, uh, show what they're about, get used to the Premier League. I thought Mason Mount performed. I, I wouldn't say exceptionally well, but he was better than Abu. I thought he was going to be. I mean, he was really good. Yeah. He he was the one who Mourinho kind of just criticized and even like Lampard was kind of baffled in the post match conference. With so I, I I do think you guys are going to do better once um, Loftus Cheek and Hudson Odoi come back. Definitely, it kind of because I think the four of them with Mount and Tammy Abraham still like gelling together very well. Yeah, but Christian Pulisic as well. Yeah, I mean I think Will will be the first one to admit that America is very excited. But yeah. it, it was a very welcome to the EPL fuck you kind of a tackle from Pogba. He skinned one Bissaka first before that, so I was happy to see That's true, that's true. That's what, <laughs> that's what got me, is that he breezes on by one Bissaka, and I'm just like, oh, I suppose he's doing a thing. And then Pogba is me like, I'm going to step on your neck. And make yeah, but there was, some, there was a good burst of pace he showed there, which I was really surprised about as well, like, he actually he's got, just he's got a bit of pace about him. It's yeah, like, and I like hip Mason Mount and him on the same team makes me like football happy. Uh, yeah, I to speak to you. I watching that match the first like twenty minutes, and I told you this. It was just like Chelsea. These kids are coming out here to play, and then all of a sudden United just like stepped on throats or something. Yes, yeah. and it's like watching United with you. I've seen like the progression of. It's, the question for me is always, is Pogba going to show up? Is he going to actually give a crap? And seeing him ping balls back, forward and back, like, dude I mean, actually cares this time. And then, you know, you get, your, you get kids on board first. I don't think 4-0 is the reflection of Chelsea 
that everyone's going to say, like, oh, God, Chelsea's relegated. Like, they, no. It's Chelsea's going to be fine. The youth is going to play well. You guys will be special on occasion, is how I'm going to feel I mean, about it. Uh, uh, you can tell me if I'm wrong, Shara, but, like, the second, like the first half, I thought like both the teams kind of could have looked at the scoreline and be like, United could have looked at it and been like, maybe we could have scored a couple more. And Chelsea prob definitely went in the half being like, oh, like we should have at least scored one, if not two. And second half, it was a complete defensive capitulation from you guys. Like, once the second goal happened, and uh, like some, I read the stat somewhere that it was like about. 10 or 12 seconds from when Maguire got the ball from uh, Tammy Abraham to when it ended up in the back of the net. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think you guys have never really been very good at uh, defending fast teams. And that was one of the occasions that, like, a senior player like Aspeniqueta kind of just got wrong-footed. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the main thing where we struggled was transitions defense from defense to, uh, from attack to defense. Because before you see, before you know it, you got Martial running behind you, you got Rashford running behind you, you got James running behind you, yeah. and the defense is just not ready to react. And very surprising to see that mistake come from a very experienced player who's been absolutely phenomenal for us over the past six seven years. But like I hate to say it, like we saw the uh, we saw the like how Ivanovic faded away in a couple of seasons' time, and I think the yeah. same thing is happening to Aspilicueta. Uh, he just doesn't look the same player. Uh, very good still on 1v1 defending, but yeah. in terms of like following his marker and like chasing back and putting in the challenge, he's kind of lost a couple of yards and he's kind of lost like that rhythm to his game as well. Uh, we've got a young player called Dries James who's injured at the moment. Uh, he's yeah, going to come in. He's probably going to slot in straight away because I think Frank Lampard raised him highly and I'm looking forward to seeing him play. But yeah, I think defensive mistakes, individual mistakes for the first goal as well. We gave the ball away in midfield. I think Pedro gave away the ball. And you guys just, uh, with your pace up top, just went it behind and got that penalty. Uh, Antonio Rudiger still got to come back. So not, don't, uh, we don't really have, uh, we can't forget about that. So he'll kind of make the defense a bit more solid. But there's definitely work to be done uh, in the transitions and in the pressing as well because there was a massive space between our midfield and our defense. And we want to press high, but if you press high, you've got to make sure the whole team presses in a compact way. So there's not much spaces between the lines, and players like Pogba can easily find those spaces, uh, which will hurt you when the, when the players turn and go run into your defense. That's, yeah, there's plenty of work to be done, but like, yeah, there's, there's plenty of time as well. That felt like the undoing of them, like just watching and seeing the shape. And I was watching this on the objective where I can explain it too. It did feel like. Chelsea was like, we're going to go for it. And everyone from the front half went forward. And like that back four kind of, they left too much space in the back yeah. for Manchester United yeah. to get I mean, into. And like, I, I think as time goes on, they, they're going to start getting more compact. I think Kurt Zuma kind of looked out of his depth. Mm-hmm. But yeah. as a United fan, I, I had two very huge takeaways that I'd love both your opinions on in terms of the first being you kind of saw both sides of Pogba because. He was very frustrating when he held on to the ball a little bit too much, was trying to do a little bit too much. He gets very FIFA if he yeah. can. <laughs> and but then the two assists, you can't blame like it it's kinda that that's what the frustrating part becomes for Pogba. It's like if you just didn't don't give the ball away in those other circumstances, he is the one of the best players in the world on this I, I think that Pogba feels like he has like 
he knows he can provide and he knows he can set up things, but he feels like he has to do it all the time. He's yeah. he's got a little bit of like, I'm gonna be the guy that takes this and like moves this forward. Like he wants to be the linchpin. And bro, you can be the linchpin, but like you also have enough say it out loud, enough world class around you that you don't have to be the guy. He wants to carry that ball forward. He wants to be he um say it out loud. He wants to be like the Ronaldo of the team. Like look at all the things I can do. And like here you see my back and it's like no, dude, you have, like, you have a squad anyone would want on your team. Give the ball away. Don't be selfish. Let them have it. When you do, you see what happens. He needs to be – if he wants to be a leader, he needs to lead from the front and let them – let everyone have a chance. What do you think, Shorya? Uh, if I was – if I was – if he was playing for my team, man, I would be so frustrated. Trust me. <laughs> like, I would – I would I would shout his name if I if I'm at the game I would not stop like I would not stop like ranting about him if he's if he's playing like that but then again he's got that quality I just I just feel like he should just be a bit more simple a bit yeah. more calm on the ball a bit more like a bit bit more, a bit more smart on the ball like he doesn't have to do all the time because then again the assist you saw for Marcus Marcus Rashford so that's just that's what he needs to do is get the ball in the space look up. And he's got the perfect players to make uh, for making those runs. Yeah. And then again, when they have, they're not making the runs, he can drive forward as well with the ball. But sometimes he just tries to be too flashy, just overdust things. And yeah, you just need, yeah, as you said, he just needs to stop thinking that he, he needs to be the guy all the time to make a difference because he generally doesn't need to do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I guess the o- the only last thing that I want to add was, I I do think the celebrations for the team like it. For the first time in a very long time, it felt like the team was together. The fans felt connected to the team. And it's uh, like you saw the guys, like everybody getting together off the off the goals and like, you know, getting into the huddle. And it, I don't know how much of an instruction you really take. Like, as we saw Gerard a couple of years ago, we go again. <laughs> we don't let it slip. Nobody hurt. <laughs> But <laughs> no, no one slipped. Here, no window slipped. shattering. Must be throwing myself out of it. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it, it, let's see what happens. But it, it was good to see the team being together. We got a tough test against Wolves coming up. And yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it was good. It was glory days for once, like to begin the season. It. it I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting for all three of us to watch our teams play. I know that. For different reasons, I'd say. For different yeah. reasons. You have hope yeah. for the future. Your kids are playing well. Yeah. Uh, you have the current class who actually looks like they're our class. And you're, like, ex- expecting a trophy to finish up second. I mean, I, I'll take... <laughs> participation stars are also trophies. It's fine. Um, but, again, that leads into what I'm going to say next time. So, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do think it's... For all three... I think Chelsea and United are going to have a very similar season. Because I still think really? there's yeah, because I still think there's too much inexperience on both teams to kind of get it all together. Granted, I do think there's because if I look at United's midfield, you got Pogba, you got McTominay, and Pereira, Fred, or whoever comes in. I look at Chelsea like Kovacic and when Kante is fit, Kante and Jorginho. That's one of the better midfields in the league. So I I do think once the players get start getting healthy, it's it's gonna be a very I, I will agree to this right now. That it's going to be a very different team when Manchester United goes to Stamford Bridge. Yes. So, we'll see. And I'm going to give you guys a minute to think about this real quick. We're going to do one last segment with you, Shorya, which is called Way Too Early Predictions. Oh, okay. After watching the first game. 
Uh, they are way too early. We we are nineteenth right now in the league, mate. So I don't know what you expect me to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so everyone can give in two. I'll let you go for sure. Any early points? Uh, uh, in general, like in terms of the table, or like uh, just like a random one out of the block. I mean, blo- random. You can give me a player who you think might end up surprise top scorer. You can tell me that Liverpool's gonna win the league. You can tell me. Anything you really want, to be honest. Okay, you gave me a minute, yeah. So let me use that minute. <laughs> okay, I mean, uh, uh, I guess I'll go in first because I've been thinking yeah, go on. the whole day. Um, I I think that two out of the three teams that have come up are definitely going to stay up, and um, I don't know who the casualty might end up becoming. It might be because Norwich has a very, as much as we think they're a good team. They have a terrible run of fixtures to begin and end the season. Oh, yeah. So, I do think that'll play a huge part. But, you know, I I do think that the championship changing is kind of going to come into the Premier League slowly. And, yeah, I, I worry about teams like Southampton to be the ones to go down. So, that'd be yeah. the first bold prediction. Way too early prediction, rather. Uh, I, I said this earlier, and I'm going to stand by it again. Uh, my way too early prediction... Just from watching that match against Tottenham, I got Aston Villa finishing in the top 10. Um, I think there's so much talent on that team. I think they came back up at the right time because now they play a brand of football that kind of meshes in with the rest of the league. Uh, they have guys. They have guys who I don't think are going to be there very long. They're going to become a feeder team, much like Southampton was to Liverpool. They may feed in the wolves. I don't know, but like they are the way their squad is set up for me, and the way they play their football is they're going to fluctuate between you know top ten, not so much, but with the money they have because they still have a stadium that makes a lot more money than most of the other teams just came up. They still have a fan base who is passionate to be in the Premier League and be challenging because that's where they were several years ago, and with with a pretty solid back line from what I saw, aside from shipping goals to Tottenham, but it's whatever. I think when they get in those scrappy games against against Southampton, Norwich, even teams like Wolves and Watford, they're going to scrape away some points. They may even take some wins, and I think they're going to finish in the top half. I'm not going to say where in the top half, because I don't want to look like a complete dumbass, but top half is where I'm going to go. All right. Uh, it's my go, yeah. Um it's uh, it's not a way too early prediction. It's like a way too early funny feeling, which could be a prediction. Depends how long, how you want to take it. But I actually feel that Chelsea are going to finish eighth in the Premier League, but they're going to make it. A, they're going to make it to the Champions League semi-finals. I could I could see that. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you guys going to fire Lampard? Because normally, I, I think we remember talking about this in high school. Every time you fired a coach, you. Uh, yeah, but have we? Did we ever have a? Did we ever have a coach like Lampard and a coach who had a transfer ban? That's they. I they mean, that's that's the, for I us. mean uh, so my question. I mean, granted, th- this is your prediction that I, I, I don't think that you guys have ever had a coach like Lampard before. But at, at the same time, I will say that I really wonder if he would have been the coach had he not had the transfer ban. So, um, but yeah, that's a bold, bold prediction from you or a funny feeling as you'd say yeah and I guess okay my second I guess way too early 
prediction is I think United score the most counter-attacking goals this season. I think that we are going to be set up in a way that we are going to counter and we will get demolished once or twice by some of the better teams like, you know, Man City and, you know, the wrong side of Merseyside. But it's I, I do I do feel that when we break with the speed that we have up top, I, I don't think there's very few teams that can stop us, really. Uh, I had to give a second way too early prediction. Um, golden boot race. Harry Kane. Mane. Aguero. Aubameyang. I mean that. Okay. <laughs> I, and you, I you, tend... you literally went with the four people who could have won it last year. <laughs> I mean, if I want to go way crazy, if I want to get like Stephen A. Smith with it, I think Aubameyang may take the golden boot. But that's just a, that's a funny feeling I have. Didn't Obama win it last year? No, it was... Yeah, it was, was, was tied between three of them, Obama, Yang, Mane, and Salah. Yeah, so, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm giving no credit to my own team because I, <laughs> if I keep doing it, then it's fun. Um, but I think Obama Yang's in for more goals this year. And I think, I, I think I, Arsenal's going to... I think Arsenal's going to surprise people. I think people have been... I think maybe I have been in the bottom half, but after that first performance, even though they were kind of, like... They're they're going to be the only ones challenging for the top four. I think uh, Man United might be there, but I do yeah. think Arsenal might finally win back their Wenger Cup this oh, year. Man. What, a yeah. what a trophy! I mean, it's an oversized yeah. coat that ends it. <laughs> what about you? Um, uh, my second one would be Man City to win the league by five plus points. No, uh, they're going to win it a bit more comfortably that la- that uh, as compared to last season. I don't think Liverpool can like push them all the way uh, this time around. And Kevin De Bruyne to win uh, PFA Player of the Year, which he should have won two years ago. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to get that back because uh, he's not going to be... I hope he doesn't... I hope he stay, uh, stays fit because he's an absolutely amazing player to watch and I hate to see him get injured because there is so much class about him. And he's one of my favourite footballers uh, probably ever because of the way he plays the game. So I hope he stays fit. And if he stays fit, I think man, I think that was the difference last season as well. Him not staying fit, and that's why the league was so close. If he stays fit more this season, I think they'll comfortably win the league. I mean, you really wonder though, like they were only at ninety-eight points last season, like dip or ninety-nine points. Yeah, but that's the problem. If they break their own record this year, if he stays fit, if if the if the league is pushing the way that it is, like is a hundred points completely out of question for anyone, like. Like you, you have to score a hundred to win this league. If like if the class rises to the top, like we think it's supposed to. I mean, I I, I, I don't know if a hundred points will be necessary because you know the the season they beat us to the title, like where we finished second, we we lost like nineteen points. Yeah. So they didn't need a hundred points to win. Yeah. But like last year, they needed the ninety eight, ninety nine points to win the league. So we, we'll see. I think Pep as a manager, he reminds me somewhat of Sir Alex in terms of the importance he gives to the league because like okay. in his book he had always said like the first 10 games the last 10 games is when you win or lose the league and yeah I mean anything any final words from you Shorya? Uh Yeah it's just looking forward to the season uh, to be fair I, I, I'm thinking like the league's going to be I wouldn't say I, I, I just made a prediction so I can't go against it but yeah the league's going to be like there's going to be a plenty, a, a lot of storylines we'll have to like uh, uh, look forward to. I think the relegation battle is going to be very interesting. Could see it go down to the last game and have a mix of like three or four teams who could still go down. 
Yeah. And the top four race, probably not as good as last season because I think we weekend, uh, it's probably going to be between Arsenal and Manchester United for that fourth spot. And I think, yeah, the top three are pretty much there. I hope it's a close race. I hope it still goes down the last game of the season. But yeah, looking forward to, uh, yeah, football's back. Uh, I couldn't yeah. be more happier. All right, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And... Thank you so much for having me. Thank yeah. you. Love you, mate. Take care. All right, here we are, final part of the podcast, preview for the next week, and we actually will begin with a preview for tomorrow. Um, quick preview, European Super Cup, Ch- uh, Champions League winners Liverpool, Europa League winners Chelsea. What is your quick prediction for that? Uh, as quick as I can make it, uh, I think Pooley is going to be a start for Chelsea. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and be that Liverpool homer right now. Ain't shit happening in Istanbul. We're taking this home. Uh, I, I, there's no really like big reason to be like, oh, Super Cup. Uh, I'm going to say 3-1 to the good guys, the boys in red. Um, and I think, uh, you know, Origi continues his magic of scoring in Europe, and he'll score two here, uh, and then Trent will bang in a free kick. Why not? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I can't really disagree, but just for the sake of argument, I, I do think Chelsea are going to perform a little bit better than what they did. And um, damn you. <laughs> I think it'll be a 3-2 win for Liverpool at the end of it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a glorified friendly, to be honest with you. So, Completely honest. Um, here we are, match day two of 38. Oh, long that's... way to go. <laughs> so many more pods. There's a whole break in between two. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're already coughing. So, that's not, not a good sign. <laughs> Yeah, the first game, Saturday morning, 7.30 a.m., Arsenal-Burnley at Emirates. First game at home for Arsenal. Emirates will be rocking because they feel like they have a decent squad. <coughs> Jesus. The first match of the season is always... At, at the, first, the first game of the season at Emirates is always kind of rocking. The fans are really into it. They're also playing Burnley. I expect very good things from Burnley this season-ish. Uh, but I think Arsenal's class, again, will show through. Uh there's some, I think there's some stuff in the back they'll be able to shore up uh, to make this kind of a runaway. It won't be as much of a runaway as we want. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to say with the same score line. 3-1. Uh, 3-1 for Arsenal. Burnley score first, and then Arsenal's come out and kind of stompy stomp. Um, um, I, I, it's kind of hard to argue, but I, again, will say Burnley do have a decent manager, a decent team. Uh, I... I think Nicolas Pepe and Lacazette, Aubameyang, that's just way too much firepower, to be honest. Um, given, given Arsenal's defensive worries, I actually don't know what to think. But I'm just going to go with a 3-1 prediction as well. Same as you. Arsenal, first home game, first home win. Might be the first time in, like, ages that they've won the first two games in a row. So good for them. If this <laughs> yeah, actually congrats. Hooray. But if we jinxed it, I won't say sorry because, you know. I don't really like Arsenal either. Um, <laughs> Fair. Southampton, Liverpool, next game. You guys playing against your under twenty threes. If somebody performs well, you're gonna probably buy him. So, <laughs> what's uh, what's your prediction? Uh, expect to see the full front three: Mane, Salah, Firmino, uh, Bobby for two. That's all we need. Two nil Southampton, or two nil us against Southampton. 
Oh. I've forgotten my words. <laughs> Two nil Southampton. For me, you'll get sold an hour from now. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I kind of find it hard to disagree with that because I think Liverpool are class. I think Southampton are not. But St. Mary's first game, maybe they'll nick a goal or so. So I'm going to just go with a 4-1 Liverpool. I think it'll be a thumping. I think Salah might bag a brace. I think Firmino might score. I love how I'm not giving Liverpool any goals in the first, like, games I've heard. Like, it's a stout game. It's 2-1 because I'm super terrified. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, it, going away to St. Mary's is not as hard as some other grounds, but they can still, like... It's a decent a, atmosphere yeah. in there, and they can still kind of put the... Not the fear of God, but the fear of, you know, a lesser God. <laughs> Hermes, <laughs> of I the don't demigod. Know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the fear of a demigod. <laughs> yeah, and uh, third game, Brighton-West Ham. Two teams that looked... Very different in their opening games. And uh, West Ham, can they recover after that 5-0 thrashing? Brighton, not the, you know, like the worst way to start with a 3-0 win at Vicarage Road. So, what do you think? Come on, you irons. Just get one across the line. So, actually, you know what? I'm going to completely despite that. That manager ranking still got me riled up about Manuel Pellegrini. I hope they lose again. I hope Brighton wins 3-0. That's what I'm calling. <laughs> Brighton wins 3-0. That I'm still mad about that, and it's never gonna. I'm never gonna shake that. Manuel Pellegrini is number best after the top four. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I I do think Brighton's gonna win that game. I think it'll be three one. Right. I, I mean, it's actually funny. I've predicted three one from quite a few games. <laughs> but everyone who loses is scoring one goal. That's what you. <laughs> that's what you have so far. Yeah, but I mean, at Brighton, as we talked about earlier, very good team, very good. Um, Overall squad, very good new manager. So, mm-hmm. I, th- I think they'll be fine. But, bringing up the next game, I think this one's going to be an entertaining one. Everton-Watford, two teams that a lot of people did think are going to make a challenge to the top six. And, we don't know. What do you think? My, again, this is going to be me being a homer, but only for this. Uh... My brain tells me that Everton finally decides to show up and well, finally decides to show up. It's been one game. They show up and they play well, but I refuse to say that, you know, and mean it. So, uh, Watford 2-1, and I'm calling it like I, I think I called this last week. Troy Deeney bangs in the winner. Just give Troy, just, Troy Deeney got to score a goal. Give, give, you give Fat Drake. I was going to say, give the boy Fat Drake a chance. He's got to score one, and hopefully he's the game winner against the Blue Shite. That's all I want. Uh, I mean... Uh, I can see that, but uh, my prediction is going to be an Everton 3-0 win. I think uh, they're going to start picking up some pace, and I do think this is going to be the game where they actually do well. So, I mean, first game, Goodison Park, never easy. Not an easy ground to go away to, so Watford, having already got trashed at home by Brighton, might find it actually hard. I will say, expect Goodison Park to be uh, a hotbed for that game. I think those fans have, I don't want to say they have belief, but they kind of have this feeling that this might be a season that they can go ahead and do some stuff. So expect that atmosphere to be stupid lit. Um, and if it isn't, I'll eat my words. We, we actually have a term for that that I coined in school that's called dumb lit. Yes. So, so, so that's what we're going to say. If it's going to be dumb lit. Yeah. So that's a shout out to one of my friends, whoever is listening. You can know. Uh the next game, Norwich, Newcastle. 
very interesting two opponents. Very interesting game, in my opinion. And I'm going to go first on this one, cause, just because I think Norwich is going to put a class in. And I think they're going to win, like, 3-0. So, it's funny you mentioned that, because I was going the exact same way, but opposite. I was going to say Newcastle, uh, 3-0. Uh, like, they're two signings that we just talked about. I feel like they're going to be... They're about to show up. I don't want to keep saying Miguel Almiron, but Jesus Christ, he looked really good in the first game. I feel like that's... I, I got Newcastle for 3-0, man. I, like... I want to believe in Norwich, and I watch a lot of their championship stuff. Like, they look good. Again, Pookie's a bit of class, but I just think Newcastle's going to be doing something special. I also kind of think the players seeing some empty seats in the stadium the other day are going to rile them up to kind of get the people behind them. Not the ownership, but behind them. We'll see. I mean, I I do think it's going to be a class, but I mean, I do have a lot of hope from Norwich this year. So, another two teams that we kind of have hope from for this upcoming season... Aston Villa, Bournemouth could be a cracker. First game back in Villa Park in the Premier League. What do you think? Grealish for one. They beat Bournemouth 1-0. Uh, and it comes about the 75th minute. Uh, to reference what we just referenced earlier. Dumb lit. Villa Park is going to, like, they may actually burn the place down. Like, it's going to be insane in there. And who better to do it in front of that crowd than Grealish for one. Uh, full marks of Bournemouth, they're going to play a hell of a game, and it's going to be boring for anyone who's just getting into Premier League. Super exciting for people like us who are just like, this is a nice, well-constructed game. But Aston Villa come away with the win, and everyone in Birmingham gets to go home happy, except for the other side of town, which <laughs> uh, you know, they'll probably lose on the weekend too, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do see a very good game. I'm going to go with a 3-2 Aston Villa winner. I think it's going... Because I, I do think Bournemouth's going to come out all guns blazing. I think Eddie Howe was kind of disappointed with how the previous game went. So that brings us to the last game of Saturday that I think you're going to pay the most attention to. Manchester City. Home opener at Eddie Had against the, I guess, the Champions League finalists. That's the only thing I can call them. <laughs> Team who has a pretty stadium. That's, <laughs> it. That's all I got right now. Yeah, I mean, their stadium is lit. So, um, what do you think? Man City, Tottenham. Um, I, this is one I'm interested to see tactically. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy Potosino and Pep going one-on-one because it's like... It's the best way for me to describe it in the dumbest layman's terms possible, so just deal is it's watching two of your favorite people who are really, really good at FIFA play each other with the best teams they have. These are two of the best teams in the league. I really kind of expect a surprise here. I think that in order to show that this is not going to be a two-dog race, Tottenham needs to lay a marker down. And from what I said earlier, with Harry Kane looking like he's got the nose for goal, like I haven't seen since he wasn't since he did have World Cup playing. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Tottenham 2-1, and I'm going to put Kane in for a brace. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I, th- I I do think this is a big game for Tottenham because I think they can announce themselves as proper challengers to the top two if they win this game because Eddie had has really been their fortress because I don't remember, like, last season, I think there was that 
Crystal Palace game, I think, that a ridiculous goal from Townsend or someone. Oh, God, that was a... Like, <laughs> you know, like... I the, see that in my dreams. Because <laughs> I can very well see that being Don Bellet on Sunday, or Saturday, mm-hmm. rather. So, mm-hmm. it, I really don't know which way it could go, but I'm going to trust my gut, and I'm just going to go with the... I don't know, 3-2 Man City win, because it's... It's Man City, first game home for the champions. And I, I, like, at the end of the day, as Mourinho said, even their B team could win the league. And that's, I don't think he was joking. I think that, that's, that's a very serious thing. That's the most factual thing I've heard in a while. So, uh, that's going to be a cracking game, one way or the other. I do think Pochettino, if he can pull this one off, I think people are going to start t- looking at Spurs very seriously. If, if he pulls this off, I, like... Because, like, they, they belong in this middle of, like, they're not as bad as, like, not bad, but like re- relatively, like with United, Chelsea, and um, Arsenal, but they're not as good to be with the top two. You don't want to lump them in with like, the, and I hate to say, no disparaging to you, no disparaging to Chelsea or Arsenal. You don't want to lump them in with that bottom three where it's like your class, but you're like just barely passing the class. Like I feel, I feel like if you're going to divide it, you'd put Tottenham on the top side. I feel like a lot of people are like, no, I'm going to put Tottenham down like in the four of them. I think Tottenham still like. They're Champions League finalist. You can't discredit that. They, you know, they had to come back and do it the hard way. So did we. It's fine. It's whatever. But, like, you can't discredit that. And on his day, Harry Kane is a world-class striker. I don't care what anyone tells me. I don't like saying it out loud because he's, you know, English Tom Brady without the rings. It's a thing. But, like, he is a world-class striker. And I think that's the sort of guy you need as a linchpin to turn it to turn that corner with the team. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I do, I do envision a very good game. Wouldn't be very surprised if Tottenham take a point or three points out there, but, you know, 20,000 MDCs, what are they going to do? <laughs> um, Sunday, first game. Sheffield United against Crystal Palace. That's a good, good game for the Blades. I'm legitimately going to call this, and this is going to sound real stupid because I know I just talked about City Tottenham. This might be the most exciting match of the weekend just because these are two teams who... I don't really know if Crystal Palace or Sheffield United know who they are right now. Sheffield United just came up, but I feel like they have this sort of like, are we good? Can we be good? Is this a thing we can do? And Crystal Palace is like, we should be good. We have the support behind us. Why are we failing? This is going to be one of those games that's just going to be... It's uh, what's, What does JR say? A slobber knocker? Um, and it's going to finish 2-2, but most of those goals are going to come in the, in the back half of the game, the I, last I mean, 45. I actually, we're recording this Tuesday around 7 p.m. Eastern time, so we still don't know what's up with Zaha. But I, I do think if Zaha plays, it could be a tough game for Sheffield. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and actually say Sheffield keeps a clean sheet. Sheffield United, that is. Sorry for any Sheffield Wednesday fans listening out there. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys too, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Sheffield United, I think, wins the game 2-0. I, I do think there's going to be a tough season for Palace. But we shall see what actually ends up happening because, as we saw last week, predictions make you look like a dumbass at times. I mean, I'm, I've, I've just gone ahead and embraced the looking like a dumbass as far as this goes. Like, I'm just going to call all sorts of wild stuff and... Eventually, our fan base will know me as Soccer Colin Coward, and that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, the final game on Sunday, Chelsea-Leicester, I think big game for Frank Lampard going back home. Could very well be back-to-back defeats. 
or it could very well be with the embarrassment at Old Trafford, uh, salvation somewhat in Istanbul, and maybe Jamie Vardy is going to come party at Stamford Bridge. Oh, man. So many drugs. Uh, I, no, I'm going to go completely opposite. Uh, Chelsea win this rolling away 3-0. Uh, love BR. Love what he's done for, for two of my favorite teams. Um, but I just saw way too much class from those kids playing up front for Chelsea against you guys. You guys felt that game for you guys felt special. Uh, it felt like Chelsea didn't necessarily fall apart. They have some defensive woes, but they still look like they pose a threat up front. I don't think Leicester, after losing the linchpin of their defense, I know they have decent signings and it should be fine. I don't think they're strong enough to do this. I think that Chelsea run away with this 3 0. And I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. This is the game that Pulisic scores. He's going to start and he's going to score one and it'll be in like the 85th minute. And if I look dumb, I don't care. I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm going to kind of take the same but a different route. Um, I don't know if that made sense at all. Uh, no, no, I got you. I got you. They um, do too. I think Jamie Vardy's going to go have a party. It, like, I, I think that defense just looked horrible. <laughs> oh, I, man. Like, it, no matter what, it might actually end up becoming, like, a 3-3 classic game. But okay. it, I also just, like, there is pace for Jamie Vardy. There's intelligence from James Madison. And this is a midfield. I, and I actually think this, that player for player, the Leicester midfield overall is better than what Manchester United had to offer. I think you have Paul Pogba and you take um who's that? like you take James Madison out of that equation. Like Pogba's a better player than James Madison, no question. But then you look at Perez, I don't know. Like I think he's better than Pereira. Oh, I, I I think there is I put McTominay in a class above Pereira, honestly. I just think... I mean, Pereira and McTominay on the same team. So, like, you have Pereira and McTominay. You know what I mean. I'm, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and then on the other side, you have Ndidi and Perez. Perez so, is what I missed. So, yeah. like, I do think that Leicester team could very well give them a midfield battle that they're not expecting. But, I again, I do think Chelsea having a thin squad right now with the, all their medical issues. They play Wednesday, they play Sunday. It's not going to be as easy to recover, in my opinion, especially with the young kids. So... We'll see. Because do you, do you think Frank has the foresight from what we were talking about earlier to see that they are that they're not compacting enough in the back to be like, hey, play up? Are they going to play a little bit different, I mean, or are I, they going to be are they going to be not inexperienced enough, but not not know better enough to like drop back and leave the the midfield and the front line up forward, and then the back line is going to sit back there and they're going to get picked apart by Leicester? Because if they do that, Jamie Vardy can pick them apart like nobody's business. I, I think just the way they play, I. It's you kind of see there's like a block of five and a block of five, that goes forward and back. It's the the kind of a rugby pod situation. Yeah. It's five and five. Yeah. And you, I I really just don't see like I I I don't see again the defense wasn't bad as a whole in my opinion. There is that just individual mistakes, and I think as Shaurya said earlier in the episode, you're seeing this like fading out from Aspiliqueta that you kind of saw from Ivanovic back in the day, so it. I just think it's gonna take time for Lampard to figure this out. It, it's not like he, it's not like Aspilicueta has lost a step. It's kind of he's lost his. I don't want to say mentality to like call the dude out like that, but like he's still got the pace, still can get back and do what he needs to do. But he's kind of lost like a bit of like not intellect, but like a, just a bit of like. I think he's just lost a step to be honest. 
Like, so are you saying it's a step? I'm saying it's a bit of awareness. I think he's still got nah. a step on people. Like, I, I mean, yeah, one. I don't want to be rude. Like, <laughs> I mean, one on one, he's still very good. I I just don't think when because it's also again, I guess it comes down to playing together as a team and this back four. I I don't think there's a back four for the rest of the season. No, no. I think Reese James, um, Rudiger, come in. Kurds, honestly, Kurds are like shit. Like uh, from the moment he made that pass to Marcy, like. That would have been one of the most perfect balls for Martial to score a curler. Because, <laughs> like, he loves putting that, bending that in with his right. And I, I just don't know. I, th- I think, it, if I had to guess, I'm, I'm going to go with a draw just to be safe. What, what's the scoreline, bro? I'm, I'm recording this for posterity. What's the scoreline? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say 3-3. I, 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 think, I think losing Slabet is going to catch up to Leicester. And I think Chelsea's defense is just terrible. Fair. Um, that brings us to the final game of this week. And I, I'm kind of terrified of this game. We went there twice last year, under Ole both times. And we kind of got smashed both times. I'm going to go ahead and make this as short and sweet as possible because I know that you're going to want to go a little bit more in depth. And it's not that I don't want to go in depth. It's just that I kind of foresee this. Y'all came out high flying from the start and like, it got really real. Y'all got emotional. It was like, this felt like a great day. Um, and I know that this sounds like I'm building up to being like, you're going to get smashed by wolves. I don't think you're going to get smashed by wolves. I think this is going to be one of those classic United games. And God damn it, I hate saying that. It's going to be 2-2 the whole from 69 on. And somehow magically in the 90s. 107th minute or something stupid like that you guys are going to pull one right out right out of your ass and manage to sneak away with the win here i your face looks so nervous and that's hilarious to me that i'm giving you this much credit and you're lucky you're about to like puke but i think i think there's a bit of class about you guys that we're going to finally see come to fruition not all the time, but I think this game is going to be one of them. It's going to be a banger. It's going to be fun, and you guys are going to win the last minute, and you're going to pour beer on somebody's head, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's on a Monday, so I hope not 3 p.m. I probably won't be at the bar for that. But <laughs> pour beer over someone's head in class. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I actually don't know, man. I, I think, again, their midfield is very decent. I think um, overall, when I... They have such a... Yeah, God, like, that team is so stuck. But again, like, I looked at the Leicester Wolves game, I think... If they play like that, we got a chance. Yeah. Like, I think ultimately it'll come down to if Wolves open up. I think Molyneux late at night is kind of hard to go to. Once well, we they start out. doing that American flash and light stuff, man, you kind of get a little freaked out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but again, I, I do think there is something different about this team. I think as far as Manchester United with Ole is concerned, it's like they know what went wrong last year and they want to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And um, I am very happy. With Marcus Rashford, I'm very happy with Martial. But sure. I am the most happy right now with Daniel James. I think seeing him score the goal, I think he was almost crying. When baby all, boy. Yeah, all the, all the players Alexa came Alexa, play baby boy by Beyonce. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be optimistic. And this is going to sound really terrible in a week when you've lost. <laughs> but I'm going to go with a 3-1 win. I, excuse me, I think... This is finally the game. Slabad gets his goal. And I think he needs to have a commanding performance. And you kind of saw it last game where he had that command. Like, he was telling Paul Pogba what to do. He's like, 
stop fucking about. And well, I mentioned it in the in I mentioned to you earlier in the celebrations for the first goal. It looked like he came in and went, "All right, dope, love you guys. Shut the fuck up. We got to keep playing." Like he kind of came in and was like, "Look, this is it." And I think that, I mean, I think that's what I still say three two because I think Wolves are good enough to nick another one off you guys. But I will say I think McGuire's leadership is something that's been missing from that team, and I think it's going to be. I, very, very beneficial to you, jerks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's hope it's a good game. And um, yeah, that wraps up the weekend and that wraps up this week's podcast. <sighs> I guess any final words would just be make sure on uh, Friday or Saturday, early morning, early evening, wherever you are, you update your fantasy teams. Don't forget about that. And um, don't leave anyone injured on the bench. No. <laughs> or make sure to take out that stupid Allison. I have actually never heard of a guy before who got who got hurt while taking a goal kick. Never heard of a goalkeeper before. I've heard someone doing it, and he is sitting here finishing this beer because he's super embarrassed about it. It was a calf strain. Don't judge me. <laughs> so, yeah, I think good days, good days, and it was a good weekend for us, as both our teams did well. Yeah. And we shall see what happens when we finally take the field for the second time. And let's hope we stay up. And stay above Liverpool. Cheers, guys. Keep drinking. Keep having fun.